Thank you, Scott. Glad to have some kids back from college for a couple weeks, I guess. Trust you enjoy your stay at home. Your brains are full now. Hopefully, right? <laughs> As I think about Christmas, usually you're expected to speak something about Christmas, you know, at Christmas time. And when you're in the same church for year after year, you think, what do I say this year that is different from last year or the previous year or the year before that? And you probably don't remember what I spoke on last Christmas anyway. And I don't say that in a negative way. You know, God feeds us. It's just like you don't remember what you ate three weeks ago probably for breakfast. But God works in our lives. But this morning I decided to tie in with the cantata, and tying with the cantata in the sense that we sing about Christ, we sing about his birth. I want to reflect on why Christ even came. Why was he born? As we reflect on that, I trust that you'll listen to the cantata, maybe in a little different way, in a little fuller way. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you. For the birth of Christ, the life of Christ, the death of Christ, and his resurrection, and just the opportunity to reflect upon his coming, his birth, his life, his death, and resurrection. We want to be open and attentive for your glory, for it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. The creation of God was good. Genesis 1.31 says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. The future in eternity for God's people is good. Revelation 21, 1 through 4. And Revelation 22, 1 through 5, make that very clear. What took place between Genesis 1 and Revelation 21 that resulted in Christ coming to this earth? Why was Christ born? To die. Why did Jesus Christ have to die? (coughs) To pay for sin. Why did Jesus have to pay for sin? He was the only perfect sacrifice. Why did Jesus rise from the dead? To provide justification. We'll come back to those questions in a few moments. But let me ask, when was Jesus born? Not looking for a response, but I want you to think about it. When was Jesus born? From God's point of view, Jesus was born in eternity past. The decision was made. Ephesians 1 and verse 4 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 10 say, So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time but now has been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death 
and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Titus 1, 2 and 3 says, A faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. And at his appointed season, he brought his word to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the commandment of God our Savior. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 21. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. From God's perspective, Christ was born in eternity past. Decision made in eternity past, along with his death, along with his resurrection. In time, Jesus was born about 2,000 years ago. Why was Jesus born? Why did Jesus come into this world as fully God and fully man? Matthew 1, 21 says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Luke 2 and verse 11, Today in the town of David... A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. John 3 and verse 17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Acts 5 and verse 31. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and Savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. Titus 2, 11 through 14, for the grace of God appeared that brings salvation, has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled and upright lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness, and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 57. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The strength of sin is, sorry, the strength, or the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christmas, and rightfully so, is generally viewed as a time we reflect on the birth of Christ. But let's not stop with his birth. A baby, gifts, and miss the reason underlying the birth. What is the reason? The reason is sin. The reason is rebellion. And as the choir will minister later, we find that 
Christ came to deal with sin. In the Old Testament, there's several words that are used for sin. Chata is one, and it basically means to miss the right point. It describes those, and that would be all humans, who have lost their way, even with good intentions. And again, the primary word for rebellion in the Old Testament. You think about Cain. He didn't follow God. No, he missed the point of life, a relationship with God, Adam and Eve. They went into sin, missing the point of life, a relationship with God, and God pursued them. There's also another word used in the Old Testament, shala, to err, or to do that which is unacceptable. Israel was told not to give their second best in sacrifice to God or their third best, but their best. But we know sometimes they didn't obey. Pasha. A murad to rebel. David with Bathsheba, what did he do? He looked at Bathsheba and he had a child by her. And then to cover that, what did he do? He rebelled against God and he had Uriah, her husband, killed. Sin, rebellion. That's why Christ was born. In the New Testament, you will find there's a primary word used for sin, and that is hamartia. And basically, it means to miss the mark. Some of you went deer hunting a couple weeks ago, and some of you missed the mark. Some of you hit it. It also means to fall short. Let's suppose we go to New Jersey. We're standing on the shore there, and we look across the Atlantic Ocean. And we say, we're going to try to jump to England. You say, impossible. Well, we're going to try anyway. So some of you young guys, you know, you get your running start, and... You make a little way. Some of us old guys like me, you know, we don't make it quite as far. All of us could try, but we'll all fall short. Hey, Martia is basically missing the mark, falling short. Falling short of what? Missing the mark of what? A relationship with God, fellowship with God, with Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit. We all miss that. All of us miss that mark. Because we're in Adam. There's some other words used in the New Testament for sin. One is ungodliness. Ungodliness is ruling God out of life and plans and living as if we owe him nothing. Another one is disobedience. Refusing to listen to God as if we knew better than he how he should live. I think many of us at times are tempted to be disobedient in the sense that we're not thankful in all circumstances. Another word used in the New Testament is fought or offense. Being consecrated blunderers, 
not necessarily with evil intent, but still out of line. We humans are consecrated blunders because we tend not to be happy and satisfied and content with life, period. We tend to want more or we want to change rather than being content. Consecrated blunders. Sometimes we humans say, I want to change this in my life. Fifteen years later, someone says, did you change that? I haven't changed yet, no. I still want to, but I haven't. Another word used in the New Testament is transgression. Flaunting God's will for life in conscious, rebellious contempt of his will. An example of that among the human race is just choosing not to rejoice in trials. I didn't ask Michelle and her daughter if they rejoiced in it, but uh, just glanced at their most recent letter, <clears throat> Michelle and her daughter, I think it was those two that were in an accident with someone else's vehicle and totaled the vehicle, but walked away from it. Did they have a thankful heart and rejoice in the midst of that difficulty? No, just being transgressors, lawless, defiance of God's will, as if, as if he had not spoken. Basically living in anarchy against God. An example of that in our world today is just the whole idea of unforgiveness. Now we can carry on forgiveness and bitter around, bitterness around for years. Lawlessness. Defeat. Accepting defeat. I'm not supposed to use a word in a definition, I guess, but I did. Accepting defeat if there were no available resources in Christ. I just can't handle it. I can't respond correctly. Just living defeated. And ignorant error is another word used for sin. A mistake, not so much willfully as stupid, but still an error. Impatience with a family member. An ignorant error that God reminded me when I totaled my Chevelle many years ago. The next day, going down to see it, where they had towed my totaled Chevelle and crying over my pride and joy. Another word is unbelief. Calling God a liar and acting as if he were an enemy trying to deceive us or somehow selfishly desiring to make us miserable by getting us to do something we will not like. Won't ask for a show of hands, but how many of us in the last six weeks admitted to God, our mate, our children, our parents, or someone else, that you were wrong and sought forgiveness? You said, I didn't do anything wrong, didn't respond incorrectly to anyone in the last six weeks. Well, then let's go back a year. You ever consider unwillingness that we humans have to admit wrong is unbelief? Unwillingness to admit wrong and seek forgiveness. Another word used in the New Testament is unrighteousness. 
acting in the interest of self as if there was no one else or God around. Think about that in the context of what you do with the internet. Another word is evil intent. Willfully thinking thoughts as if God never spoke to humans through the Bible. Then lust. Desiring for self as if it, or as if self were God. Just not content. Not talking just sexual lust. We can lust for many other things. Just the lack of contentment. All humans, including you and me by nature, are in sin. Chatta, Shala, Pasha, Marad, Harmatia, godlessness, disobedience, thoughts, transgressions, lawlessness, defeat, ignorant error, unbelief, unrighteousness, evil content, lust. Romans 3, 10 through 12 says, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. As we think about the birth of Christ, we're thinking about the one who came to live to die, to rise from the dead, to ascend to his Father so that we can have forgiveness for all those terms that I used. As the choir sings in a few moments, think about the birth they sing concerning Christ. that it was for our godlessness, our transgressions, our thoughts, our defeat, our unbelief, and so on. The birth of the Savior, the birth of the one who was God with us, the birth of the one who was the Lamb of God. So as the choir goes to get ready to come to sing, I have a question for the rest of you, and I'm looking for a response on this. What are some of the names or attributes of God, some of the names or attributes of God or of Christ that imply why Jesus came? Some of the names and attributes of God that imply why Jesus came. I'll give you a hint. God is holy. You say, how's that related to Jesus' coming? Well, God in holiness desires or demands perfection, so he provided a perfect sacrifice. Any other attributes or names of God that you can think of that tie in with Christ and his coming? Pardon? Alpha and Omega. Yes. Others? Emmanuel, God with us. What's he prince of? Prince of peace. We can have peace with God. Any others you think of? 
grace. Think about the human race as we described. That's grace, that we can be called children of God. Any others? Almighty came among us. So choir sings again. Think about where we would be apart from Jesus. We would still be in sin, separated from God. Choir?